welcome to another episode of Chris Reed's Book. episode of Chris Reed's book. I am Chris Pullman, your resident novel author, and this week once again I will be reading a chapter to you from uh, my new straight fiction novel, um, Linda's Cal Exit. So again, uh, this revolves around the kind of the Yes California campaign which is which started to gain some steam. I haven't checked lately where it is, but it started to gain some steam in November 2016 after the presidential election happened. And that's really where this book evolved out of is where is an anchor that I could grab onto and build a book out of for this election. It was kind of um, you know, just a way to examine how people were feeling in this country and perhaps a way to give a little bit of hope to some of them. Because as a lot of people point out with the Electoral College voting, how they did about three million I think votes did not go for the winning candidate and um, this kind of goes along those lines of what would happen if people could really mobilize if those three million if all the people who voted for the technically losing candidate from the uh, 2016 US presidential election if they could all mobilize where would that lead? So this is kind of uh, a way to look at that uh, thought experiment of sorts. I'm going to read to you chapters uh, three and four out of this novel. And I'm really only going to be going up to about chapter 12 or 14. I want to give you about the first third of this book, and then I'll leave it up to you if you want to read the rest on your own, and at that point I'll return back to my uh, second science fiction novel, uh, Martian Reporter, Humanity's New Hope. But for the moment, Linda's Cal Exit, Chapter 3, uh, let's get into it. Linda walked back into the apartment to find her two roommates watching the ongoing coverage on GNN of USO Cali. When they heard the door, they both turned. Linda just stopped half into the apartment. Well, what does this mean? Kyle asked, seeming a bit afraid. This just got real, didn't it? Trevon added. Linda took a deep breath, stepped into the apartment, set her bag down, put her coat on the rack, then, calmed, addressed her two roommates. Yes, it did. She replied to Trevon first. It means that those things I said we'd need at some point, she added to Kyle, we need those now. 
We don't have that sort of money, Kyle put in. I know. That's why we're going to have to do a few things. First, we're going to need to hire someone who knows how to raise money. Probably a not-for-profit funds raiser or someone from a former political campaign. Second, we'll probably have to set up a donate function on the site. Our operating costs are about to explode. We will get someone from the USO Cali movement on our program as soon as we can, Gwen Graves said. And someone's going to have to face the media, Linda added, watching the TV. Looking from the TV back to Linda, Kyle said, Who? Linda looked between her two roommates and came to a sudden realization. Kyle, with his hipster-style, frumpy look and tattoos, would never be acceptable as a TV face. Trevon, on the other hand, was handsome enough, but lacked the social grace necessary to be put in front of an actual TV camera for a live interview, which left one person. <sighs> Double shit, Linda said. Does that mean you'll do it? Trevon asked. Shit, 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 shit. Linda said, how did I let you two get me involved in this? I believe you hate seeing us flounder and felt like you were taking some compassion on us, Trevon suggested. You know, when, like Christmas, we were floundering to deal with the few thousand followers we have. More than that, the two were sticking everything they had into the movement, and almost bankrupting themselves, and her, in the process. She'd cancelled her plans to go back to Chicago for Christmas just to keep the lights on and internet going. Linda had known that without her help, her two very artistic, well-meaning, financially inept roommates would have failed in their attempt. And after that first day's thought, Linda had realized that they were doing all this out of a sense of good, of honest belief, for which she could not fault them. She didn't want to see them fail, especially not so soon. So she'd agreed to help them. And then things began to pick up. And now, barely a month and a half later, she suddenly felt like she was struggling to swim. Shit! Linda exclaimed. Yes, fine, yes. I'll be the face for you two, but then we're going to need to get even more help. This is ludicrous. We're going to need actual social media managers, staff to help produce content. You realize that we're going to need to move out of this apartment, right? But this is where it all started, Kyle said, looking around wistfully. Yeah, but it can't keep going here. We don't have the space for any more staff. Hell, for your stupid interviews, we have to push all the furniture over into the kitchen. They aren't stupid, Trevon said. Look, I know, Trey. I'm sorry, Linda replied. This just... It's an avalanche, Kyle said. It is, Linda replied. So we'll ride it together and see where it takes us. The next week was an unbelievable flurry of activity for the three of them. By Friday, they had put a first month's a, a payment. Pardon me. I also don't edit these. Stay with me. By Friday, they had put down a first month's lease on a studio office space on the outskirts of downtown. 
Saturday, they were conducting interviews for social media managers. Sunday, they were talking to people, mainly film students, who were willing to work for what actual professionals in the field would consider peanuts. Monday, they stopped at pawn shops, liquidation outlets, auction houses, anywhere they could think of to get cheap set and office furniture. Tuesday, they hired on five people to help with the company's email, snail mail, and marketing. And Wednesday, they had their first staff meeting with their camera operator, director, lighting mic operator, and editor. All told, their staff had increased by 300% in under a week. Linda's credit cards were filling the hit from all the new purchases, and the three of them were once again reduced to eating bad ramen for a while. Even so, Linda felt something that she hadn't in quite some time. A purpose. She felt like she was working on something greater than herself that would be impactful. Her job didn't really afford her that. It was fulfilling work, but it was mundane. Here, though, she was working towards something that those around her felt passionately about. Kyle and Trevon were flying on cloud nine with all the activity. They felt revived, alive, and zealous like Linda hadn't seen since that first day. There was only one problem. Linda was worried. Her life had always made her feel uneasy when things started going too well. When her dad had made manager at his work, two months later it was bought out and shut down. They'd done all right with her dad finding a new job, but it left them fighting for what they had lost. Linda had started working in high school, something her dad apologized for daily. He'd never wanted his daughter to work while in school. It wasn't the only time she'd felt like the universe was against her, but it was the first one that jumped to her mind. But Linda had done what needed doing. In college, she'd worked two jobs studying long into the night just so that she could graduate. She'd overloaded almost every semester and stayed at college in summer so she could get out in two and a half years. She was used to working hard, but wasn't used to things going well for long. What was more, it had only been three months since her two roommates had bull-rushed into this thing. Surely it would all come crashing down around them sooner or later. Chapter 4 Linda had been wrong. She didn't just dislike Kyle and Trevon, she loathed them. As she sat in the makeup room of the studio, she seethed. Had she not allowed them to pull her into this insane business venture, she wouldn't be here now. A panelist regarding the ever-expanding hashtag ExitUS movement. How had this happened? They were just working on getting California out of the U.S. Now it felt like the whole union was about to dissolve around them. Oregon's and Washington's movements were piggybacking on California's, and leading members of all three states were meeting weekly on talks that they would do in what they would do in terms of forming a new government if successful. Linda knew this because in March they had featured a different group of those representatives on the U.S. of Cali Twitch every week. She just couldn't believe it. The numbers had continued to climb. The increase had leveled off to a steady gain, but they now had as many YouTube subscribers as there were residents of California. In a way, it was exhilarating. Linda, when she had let herself think about it, believed she knew what it must be like to be a federal-level politician, influencing the course of events in the U.S., except that she was helping to influence the course of events leading to her adopted state leaving 
the U.S., and the vitriolic pushback was also beginning to gain steam, which is where her current loathing stemmed from. Part of her latest appearance on Gwen Graves' World Today show was to help discuss the various sides of the U.S. of California and, by extension, U.S. of Oregon and U.S. of Washington movements. Why had she let her stupid roommates drag her into this? Five minutes, the show's producer said as she stuck her head in. Linda seethed. It wasn't so much the being on TV she disliked. Over the last month and a half, she'd started to grow used to being on television. Quite frankly, her family was ecstatic. It was whom she so often appeared beside. Too often, the show would counterbalance the fact that Linda was a woman by having very conservative, sexist, racist men on opposite her, of whom her least favorite was seated right beside her, getting his makeup done. It did amaze Linda how much more makeup it took to get Bill Baxter looking presentable than it did her. She would have thought that a white man like Bill wouldn't take more than a little base. But she had seen him enough over the last few weeks to realize that with just base he simply looked like a less pale corpse. So that's when I said to her, hey, either you pay the tip or you tip the pair, and hey, sure enough, she disappears under the table. Ha ha ha, Bill exclaimed. No one really listened to him, but he wouldn't be shut up either. When Linda had been on with Bill and Jonas LeBlanc just a week earlier, Jonas had mercifully demanded Baxter stop being so crude that no one around him enjoyed his brand of humor. Baxter had unloaded such a line of expletives and slurs that the show's producer had to come in and arrange a private makeup room for him. All throughout the interview, Baxter had continually attacked LeBlanc as a pussy and worse than a woman. Despite this, his side of the conversation was gaining momentum as well. Somehow. Linda just tuned him out, focusing on the talking points the U.S. of California's benefactors had put together. Really, they were the same ones that Kyle and Trevon had originally latched onto in their first infographic from the Yes California campaign's booklet, just backed up with further data and statistics. Her former co-worker from the insurance company had referred her to an independent statistics firm in Sacramento that had been able to put together an astonishing amount of factual information from public records. It was all stuff that Linda planned to use against Baxter, regardless of how he took it. The point their benefactors had told her wasn't whether or not she would be able to persuade him. She would not. It was, rather, that she introduced the information to the public in a defensible manner. Baxter, whether he knew it or not, was helping them do that. One minute, the producer said, sticking her head back in. Linda looked at herself in the mirror, nodded, and rose. I'm gonna destroy you tonight, you know that? Baxter said as he also rose. Do your best, Bill, Linda responded. She was not a fan of just having to argue with him about the possibility of winning. Oh, I will, he said as he sidled up to her. Suddenly, Linda felt a hand on each of her butt cheeks. I'm going to fuck you and you'll like it, Baxter added with a squeeze before moving off. She had felt his breath on her neck, could still feel his hands on her butt, her emotions warred within her. Part of her wanted to run and hide. 
another was dumbfounded by the audacity and piggish, boorish behavior of the man. And yet another wanted to immediately rush out and beat him to a pulp. She calmed all her instincts as she looked around the room at all the wide eyes and apologetic looks. He will pay for that, she said resolutely. It was not the first time something of the like had happened to her, though it did remind her why she had taken those self-defense classes throughout college. There was a part of her, one that she had long ago buried, that still felt very violated. But she had a few pieces of information up her sleeve that she would pull out tonight that would truly destroy Baxter. It did not make up for what he had done, for what any of the sexist, presumptive men she had encountered throughout her life had done. But she would use that rage tonight. She would funnel it, channel it, and put it to good use. If it was possible to succeed with Cal Exit, maybe she could help other movements next. And that was chapters, and those were chapters three and four of Linda's Cal Exit. Thank you for listening. Uh, I would really appreciate your feedback on this book, on this story. You can do that by either just emailing me, uh, chrisreadsbook at narclaninc.com. Find my author page on Facebook. Or if you head over to narclaninc.com, go to the podcast link, go to the Chris Reads Book podcast page, and there, linked on the page, is a link to my author Twitter, my author Facebook, and a link to mail me directly. Uh, like I say, just please let me know what you thought of this story so far. If you missed the first episode, or if you want to listen to any of my past episodes, they're up there on that podcast page in raw MP3 format, available to stream or download. Otherwise, if you do the podcast thing, you can find all of my back podcasts on iTunes or your favorite podcast application by searching for Chris Reed's book, and you can also subscribe uh, to those podcast streams so you get any new episodes I put out downloaded to your device automatically. If you want to help support this podcast, my writing career, the best way to do that would be to share this podcast with a friend, a family member, a co-worker, someone who you think would enjoy my writing. I realize that this book is a little more politically slanted than what I normally do, um, but I went after it passionately, and so I feel that it's worth putting out there for the world to consume and read. So, thank you for putting up with that, and um, thank you for tuning in week after week. Thank you for being you, and uh, for listening to my books. You have a great week, and hope to find you back here next podcast. Talk to you later.